Hello? Hello and welcome to our first pod in a while, but it's going to be the two teens in a pod pod. I believe the last time that you and I touched peens was in our 100 Years in the Future um, podcast, which must have been 2121. We are now in what season? 2124 going into? Yes, because the 2123 season just finished. Who won again? I don't know. Some dude who always wins. The mass hat. Uh, but yes, well, I mean, touching peens live on a pod, sure, but not live. Well, sure, right, naturally. That happened last Sunday when the Chiefs destroyed us. But alas, we bounced back and beat horrendous Sam Darnold. So, Progress. go birds, I guess. <laughs> but enough of that fake sport stuff. Time to move on to the real deal. The real stuff. Real basketball simulation league. Since the last time, um, Giannis, one of the goats of the league, is out. Um, uh, taking time for family and, and just moving on to bigger and better things. Um, like dominating the Slovenian trade market, I'm sure. He handled them all, yep. But back is Mr. Love himself, Dave. Dave Jackson, back as the Pistons GM now. Davis Love. Is he still in the league? I don't know. But Dave is back in the league, as you just said. And that is a joy for all, especially for me, because I got a top three pick this year. Yeah. He definitely injected the trade market with some typical Dave love uh, moves to just get things spurred and going on. He certainly has done that. And now we just, uh, we finished the draft, we're on to, we finished RFA, and we're on to FA Day 1, and I feel like for the first time in a long time, this creation class is actually very good at pretty much like every level. See, yeah, I agree. Um, but it makes sense, too, because there are so many teams with cap space. And yeah. so, like, I mean, that only happens because so many players are missing out there in free agency, right? So, I'm, And everyone's coming out of their tanks and now looking to spend. Like you, example, you have 13 dudes, but somehow you're only, what, $40 million worth of cap like how salary sheet already is only like 40 despite having 13 dudes (laughs) I mean I have one guy who makes close to that yeah yeah it's gonna I'm not sure what I'm doing still (laughs) you never do I know it'll no doubt but it's not me because we hate podcasts that talk about only themselves um, I was thinking we could do kind of a, um, a state of the league because it has been a while okay. since we've been on there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, kind of already kicked that off a little bit recapping, um, who's in, who's out. 
Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, there's teams coming out of tanks. There's teams um, who have been in tanks or have been competing going into tanks. Um, I'm not saying that it's um, not just coincidence, but I am also not not saying that that as soon as I am back competing and grabbing one seeds and so on, Pom runs away with his tail between his legs and starts tanking. But, um, but I mean, hey, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, I guess we can just talk about kind of some of those teams rising, falling, and um, obviously there's a lot to – a lot we don't know in light of – this upcoming free agency, but um, just kind of giving it our best, our best guess. I like it. I think the first one that's an easy one to start talking about is is going to be Adam. I mean, he he had the dynasty with Kitty and, and Hattie, kept them for I don't know how many seasons it's been, where he's kind of been tanking with them, but kind of not. Um, and now both of them retire and take $80 million worth of potential captains off of the book. And now he's ready because he's had some high picks. Um, he had Flower Noy, but traded him. He just had the third pick traded for the two pick to get Jesus. Um, Jesus. Him into his life. Um, so, and now he's got what? $60 million, if not more, of cap space to spend in, in free agency. But the problem is going to be the play for winner aspect is now completely toast. So it will be interesting to see if Adam goes with the typical slow, methodical Adam type of build or if he's what, you know, the, the final years of Kitty and Hattie to be that fine as those tanking years. You're now ready to, like, kind of go the Brian route of let's spend it free agency and go from the worst to first. I think that he's already tipped his hand in that regard by with getting Daniel Harris. Exactly. By going out and spending and getting Daniel Harris and taking up some of that cap. Now, granted, it's a post free agency deal, um, I believe. So that's just kind of the filling the soft cap situation. And you're right. His his P4 max is is not as high as max. Um, P4 max, <laughs> Um, but, but I mean, if you overpay people, you get them generally. Yeah. I mean, like, so and that's what you're going to have to do. You're not going to be like, okay, I'm going to get Marshall Edwards because right. literally anyone with cat space is going for him. Right. It's going to be the, like when I signed Aaron Naismith, like those type of moves, the guys that don't deserve a max, but you have to pay them to get them. They help you win games and flip things around that type of thing. Exactly. So, so I, mean, I, I, I kind of went coming out of this tank and then getting guys like Hyman, Hyman Bates and um, Rojo and, you know, different guys like that who, who are, who were overpaid without a doubt, but I was able to get them for cheap and go and get the one seed and now come into this free agency with a far more legit P4 Max. You know, and so now I 
now I do have a little bit more hope kind of coming into this, this free agency to actually like build a team, you know, like as opposed to last year's was very much just a bridge team in that sense. So I could see Adam going that route of like overpay, maybe do some Fendi deals type of type of situation, um, kind of build a little bit of bridge deal while his young guys continue to progress and then, um, but still give himself flexibility for once his paper max is higher to kind of make more um, legitimate winning moves right. in the coming years. The other team, I think, that is interesting will be the Wizards. This is a team that slow, slower build than Ryan, I think, has ever done. Um, yeah, there's the no doubt about finally, that. Uh, made the playoffs finally, um, got the fifth seed, made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. This, I mean, you can say what you want about not having to face any team ranked higher than him, really, um, until he lost. But now he went and he traded Gregory Thompson, who is a top-five value-added type of guy, one of the better scorers in the league, but added the fifth pick in the draft. But that player is not really a helpful player now. So how far back does Ryan fall, or does he get better without the little drag? <coughs> um, that's a good question. What's his cap situation like? Well, I know he had, had the uh, Joe Wright uh-huh. in RFA. Um, so that's on his books. I'm trying to pull it up now. Um Oh, so he really doesn't have much in terms of cash space. He doesn't even have the use of, oh, and that's because Greg Thompson's not until post-free agency. Oh, interesting. So that will definitely, I, I didn't realize that. I probably should have since I'm the one, you know, processing the trade <laughs> that I haven't processed a, um, a Greg T. But yeah. <laughs> So Brian only really has use of his MLE. I don't think he has anybody in terms of, like, returning players. Because the other thing is he's moving Pratt, and I, I think Pratt's already moved. Yeah, Pratt's already moved. Okay. Yeah, oh, I mean, unless... And, um, he brought in Dean Diff as part of that Pratt deal as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's a very weird situation. Um, I, I, unless he has something, I mean, I assume he's going to try and make some kind of deal for post FA situation, but like, I, you would have thought he would have gotten in on some of these jazz players sweepstakes yeah. that's the case or something like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know what Brian's doing to be perfectly honest. I mean, I love the guy, but I'm just very confused. I mean, I know it was just one of those situations the Greg, the Greg T trade is one of those situations where, like, the value of getting the the five number five pick for oh my goodness, it is so. Is it only my end where like I'm hearing insane loud back? It's not my end, but that doesn't mean it can't be coming from my phone. Okay, I think it might be, but anyway, um, the yeah, I mean the the value of getting Greg T for the five pick was was just worth it for him and so he was like you know 
competing be damned and logic be damned and everything. Like, hey, I'm just going to get this good value. And that's not completely counter-cultural um, to Brian's approach in general. I mean, if he, gets, if he sees something that's good value, it doesn't really matter um, whether it makes sense or not, he's going to do it. <laughs> um, and so I think that was kind of the situation, and he'll just try and figure it out from here, maybe. Um, yep. But I don't think they're going to be very good this year, if that's the case. See, I think if Joe Wright can keep up with West, like the trajectory he kind of started last season, and if he can get his guys like Arroyo and the Korean barbecue man to step up, I think he could be slightly better in the sense that his defense will probably be better. Um, again, it will definitely depend on who. Um, with his MLE and, and if he's like in that trade or not. Um, yeah, I guess but I, I also think his division is a lot weaker. You got the Hawks who have three players under contract, and I know Kyle has wanted to tank, but I don't know if he's getting what he wants. No, Kyle, I'm pretty sure Kyle just traded for Orman. So yeah, he's so he, I think he flipped the switch and he's going to compete. Yeah. But then you got Ken, who's only got, like, three players under contract. He wants the tank, but um, his two guys are going to be somewhat hard of dudes to move. So his his division, like, is wide open in that sense. More so than the Southwest usually has and has been since Ken is, you know, pretty much running it. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, and also I think in the sense of just the East in general, it's probably a little bit weaker. Um, you know, Pistons are, I, I mean, Dave is tanking. I think he's, like, doing the typical Dave approach of having 20 guys um, and I can't figure out who to cut type of thing. So I think the East, and then let's not even talk about the Atlantic. But yeah, no, definitely not. I, I do, and then, I mean, even me, I think I'm definitely, I have no idea what my, you know, free agency is going to be. I didn't really pay attention too much at the end of the season for player options and things like that. But Clearly. I, I do think the East is a little bit weaker, and we could start to see maybe the West take, uh, like catch up to us because you guys have just been shit lately. Well, that's I mean, what happens when Rocket Bear goes into slumber, goes into hibernation. You let Jake win a finals, guys. Rocket Bear but was hibernating. No, but Jake's – I love Jake, and I love his team, and, and Bobby's great. And I think Jake is a is a testament to some of these other GMs to bet on yourself and make these big trades with your picks instead of hoarding them um, and bring in a guy like Bobby. Do it the right way, you know, get a good young player that somehow becomes available because Zach does more crack than, you know, Doc and Brian combined. But, yeah, don't hoard your picks. Make some trades. Get some big guys in. Inject your youth. So let's get go back. Get the guy that's for some more good. Let's go back to um, Ken real quick. Yeah, I, I, he's in an interesting situation, and I think this is a situation where 
I think this is a, a good learning experience for not just for Ken, but for people in general, right? For GMs in general. Um, I, and, and actually, maybe not. But like, my, I, my personal opinion, I'm going to throw my personal opinion out here. Um, I think Palm pulled the plug at the perfect time. Um, his players still have very high value. They're like in their prime. Um, but you could see his team wasn't going to win a championship, right? Um, Especially not with you being good now. <laughs> well, I am his daddy. Daddy, yes. Daddy Brian. Um, but, and, and so he was able to cash and he, he was able to see, you know, I don't know if he waited till this. I know he was already considering it, but like, and so maybe he just got lucky in that sense too, but the 25 and 26 drafts look pretty good. Yep. Um, and so now he's going to, he's going to get tons of assets for these guys. He just traded, not necessarily tons, but good solid assets for um, the guys he just traded. And he's going to go into it, maybe a two year tank, whatever he chooses to do in two very good drafts. And so, um, he's going to come out of that strong as per usual for Palm. Where I think wait, you're you're autobotting. Hold on one second. You're 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 becoming Optimus Prime over there. Um, until you reconnect, I'll. Yay, Autobots. Yeah, Optimus. Um, so yeah, it kind of started going all ritzy ditzy when um, you started getting getting to Cad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and Ken's in the situation where I think a lot of teams and GMs kind of end up putting themselves where they, and and I get it. I'm not nearly as sentimental as someone like Adam, right, about these players and things. And so, I or or Shane with with Chuck Dean and stuff like that. Um, but, but Ken, I don't necessarily think has been riding these guys because of sentimentality. I mean, he's willing to trade them now. So, um, I think the problem is he, he rode them a season or two too long. And so now he's trying to get value for them. Like Palm was just getting value for guys who are 27, 28 years old. But Ken's trying to get him for guys who are 32 years old and making over their and those guys just don't have value. It doesn't matter how good they are. Um, they just don't have value because that's like one of those things where like there's so few teams that can even take on that contract that like if you want to be worse, you almost have to just give them away at that point. And so, which is fine if you want to go that approach and kind of keep your window going as long as possible, but you can't do that and then expect to get good value for them. Um, yeah. I hear you, and it is a league that, you know, is a very ageist league, and if a guy makes over $20 million, they better be, you know, beyond superstar level type of player. But, yeah, I think the problem with Trilford is he's, you know, expiring, so he, a TBD extension or even a contract extension um, is going to be too is going to be, like, way too much. Now, is he worth it? Sure, he's one of the best defenders in the league. Um, 
who's also highly efficient. But you're right. I mean, you have to walk the line of pulling season two too early, and that's the whole Patriots mantra of I'd rather that trade a guy a year too early than a year too late. Yep. Um, but, hey, I mean, the best teams in the East for the past, you know, six, seven, eight years or whatnot. Um, he has his own picks right now, so he could decide to do, like, a Adam type of thing and just, you know, ride the, ride the coast with, you know, Michelle and, and uh, <laughs> Trilford. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think he necessarily needs to do that. Um, I mean, again, unless he's just sentiment, more sentimental than I realize. Um, but because, I, I mean, it, so, I'd imagine someone's at least going to take these guys. Like, um, I mean, I mean, I'll be blatantly open and honest. Like, I offered something for both of them, you know, in the within the last couple weeks. Um, so, like, someone's going to at least take them, but like. I just I, my only point was the the value of them, like and just kind yeah. of rec- recognize that value, like of these are not like as much as you love them as their GM, and I'm not again I'm not even just talking about Ken because I think a lot of GMs fall I fall I've fallen into this, like as much as you love them because they're your players and you've seen, you've had success with them you've seen them be successful, you have to understand that there's a big difference between you holding on to them and, and being successful with them and teams giving up valuable assets to go right. literally die at any moment. Right. You know, so that's that's just the big thing. That... So I'm trying to think of other teams that we can discuss that are, I guess uh, we can always talk about Jack, sweet Jack. Um, he's coming out of his tank, and this offseason was a wild one. He had the second, or no, did he have the fourth odds? I think he had the fourth odds. He fell to seven. Um, he trades a ton to move up to five, and it's a ton because you consider the Sixers pick highly valuable. Um, to move up to five, pick five for Greg Thompson um, to go with his of Oakler and Cartier. Um, and it's one of those, like, I like Craig, he's only 25. You gotta be just comfortable just from asking and facing if he doesn't offer. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting rebuild. But the one thing I'll give Jack and Horst is his fluidity. And he doesn't allow himself to just like sit in a tank and just hey everything's going poorly I'm not getting high picks my guys are dying I'm just going to sit on my hands and wait and do like a 10 year rebuild you know he, he, he at least makes moves are they good or not usually not uh, <laughs> but we will see what happens um with the Atlantic being what it is, like he could very well take over the second spot there. Um, yeah. If Vogler or Bolt take a step forward, you know he could be a lot better than anticipated. Plus, he has cap, so we'll see how he 
addresses free interesting to see how this latest Sixers iteration lasts and how as what they do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you just said. I, I do appreciate that, Jack. I mean, and, and you know me. I'm not one to sit in a tank for long at all. Um, and so I have a lot of respect for GMs who don't sit there and in a tank for, ten, for a decade. Um, and so even though Jack's number 30, I still respect him, at least for that. So, um, okay, here's, here's a little idea just to kind of close it out before we get worse service and totally lose each other if it hasn't happened already um are you still... oh yeah you're back okay um so i was saying here's an idea before we totally lose service and you know lose each other completely um i want some i'm not going to participate in this but i want to hear your thoughts because because i'm in it I want some bold predictions for free agency from you. Marshall Edwards won't go back to the Heat. I don't know where he's going to go, but my guess is he signs elsewhere. Okay. Um, Now, that's not because I have the Heat 26 and I'm going to delete Alex's offers. No, 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 no. Of course not. No, definitely not. I just, and I, honestly, I don't remember what Marshall Edwards' attributes are in the sense of, like, play for winner and things like that. But he has that kind of, like, um, who was the dickhead that left you? Oh, Tony Brown? Tony Brown. He has some Tony Brown in him. I um, see that. And I think he, and especially with so many teams having cap space, and some of those teams like you are very good teams. I could see Marshall Edwards changing hands. I think we'll have, if I was making lines, I would put the over under at two and a half of the what the F signings. I'll keep it. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, I lost you there for a little bit. If you were making lines, what? I would set it at two and a half that we'll have, once I click the button for the second time today, that's to over two and a half of what the F signings. The guys that, like, no one would have expected, like, when, you know, I keep bringing up the Naismith example, but, like, Aaron Naismith, I think there could be a couple of those type of players that get a deal that makes you go, huh. Or, like, what is, you know, what is this guy doing? What is he thinking? Signing this player for that much. But that's what happens when you have, this many teams, not just with cap space, but with like two to Multiple three max, max. of cap yeah. <laughs> space. Um, and you have a lot of teams coming out of tank, so like we were talking about before, sometimes those are the signings you have to make in order to, you know, have something happen. So I think I would set it at two and a half of those. I think we'll have I think we'll have a lot of signings. Which probably means it'll be the flip side and we'll have like one or two because so many guys have so many different, you know, contracts that they can't decide which one to do yet. So is it a situation, I don't really know how we do it these days because I haven't had this much cap space in a long time. Um, <laughs> do, do you stop after day two, like period, end of story? 
end of story, no matter what, even if zero people sign, I would stop. And my reason being, no one has ever signed in the history of the RBSL on day one. It just doesn't happen. Right. Um, day two is only ever max contracts. I have seen, though, on day three, guys sign for less than max so my, my concern would be how everyone always approaches free agency, where if you don't have max cap space, you basically don't even upload, upload. Right. for free agency. So if I was to go to day three, it would really mess up the timing of that kind of thing. And that's not like, you know, Rick, when he puts in his 5,000 minimums, what if he starts stealing all these good players because he's literally the only guy who offered on them? Right. So... I've always told myself, now, I don't know what I would do if it was legitimately zero guys that signed. <laughs> um, like, I would be very open to have it running, like, another screen later in the day type of thing where more people could get their offers in and just clicking it for one more day later on. Like, I'd probably be open to doing something like that. But, again, we've never seen, I think, less than people sign on day two. So, yeah, I, I think I, I, when you I, have I, a guy like Marshall Edwards, when you have some guys that are going to get deals that they don't, you know, you know, you're asking for $5 million and someone's offering you 20 it's basically, okay, let me sign the paperwork right now to make sure this is an invisible ink. Right. I don't even know if we are signing paperwork in 21-24. Probably some, like, Dick print holograms being sent to the league office. Did you say dick print? Yep. Nice. Obviously the most secure way of um, communication. No dick is the same. That's true. So, yeah, I think that, and then if I, because I like the Magic 3 thing, and what should my third bull prediction be? Someone, I guess this isn't really bold, but someone that has a ton of cap space won't find anybody today. But it won't be for lack of trying. But I think it's easy. I, I don't want to bring you in, but like a team like that, a team that everyone expects to make some noise today, will be shut out. I will not be shut. Because I, I do have I a think different that's thing. Um, you're auto botting. So and I think it's about that. Yeah, now you're back. Oh, okay. I said I would have this price off. I get shut out in day one because I have. One probably one of I, I assume I have one of the higher P4Ws of teams with a lot of cap, um, right? And so, or excuse me, P4 Max. Um, and so, in light of that, I'm not casting a huge wide net because I you want I, I want to try and, exactly I want to try and get the guys I truly want to get. Now, there's a good chance I don't end up with them, and so of course day two at that point I going crazy, but um, but yeah. 
very narrow focused list of guys I'm going for. But anyway, I feel like we're going to lose each other at any moment. Uh, this is probably gone long enough. Uh, any final parting shots? Uh, encouragements? Um, anything else along those lines? Hmm. As your champion, again, number... I only count this as my third ring. As opposed to Um, honestly, not really. Just like, make trades and don't worry about how people are going to respond to them. Like, take a page out of Jack's book and just have fun and and do something silly or crazy and, and bring in some guys. Because I want to see, I feel like every year, the top are some version of this. So, somebody's not being cast out the top of the team and tend to do that matter. I, yeah, kind of piggybacking off that real quick. It actually reminded me of... About, uh, yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to talk about it. I don't know if you're going to be able to talk about it. I don't know if you're going to be able to talk about it. Give some props to the Mavs GM, uh, Richard, Dick. I don't know what he did. Pretty short, sure. but um, yeah. um, but I like his team, man, and he's one of those teams that could be one of those like kind of surprise teams this year. I think um, he's got some solid young guys, and um, including Mr. Purple from his past draft, and um, I think he's one of those ones who could really take to heart. Um, and, and maybe even so, someone already has what those words that you just spoke of like don't don't be scared like don't GM scared of um, what people would say or whatever because you've got the pieces there now if you can fill in fill in well around them uh, and make moves then you can you can be one of those surprise contenders so, well, yeah I mean he traded he traded a pick for uh, Gigi Bajaju. Um I love him um, not just because his name means fuck you pig, uh, regarding Curtis. Um, <laughs> and he brought in Rodney Pratt, and I don't love Rodney Pratt, but he also didn't overpay for Rodney Pratt either. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, like he did get some good lottery luck. I think he's been in the top three. Is it two or three years? At least the last two years, yeah. Uh, yeah, because he's, he's got, got that point card. Um, so yeah, and I, and I, and I will say he's one of the few GMs that actually reached out to me unprompted about, you know, offering a trade. It's usually me offering trades. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, I think Dick is grasping 
the league with a nice, firm handle. Yeah. See what I did there? I did. I did see that. That's for you, and it was. That's for you. Can't, oh. can't leave without a penis pun joke. Absolutely. All right, so real quick, give me right before we leave your top three from each conference. Projecting how you think free agency may or may not turn out. You said including those projections? Yeah, like, yep, including. Uh, not yeah. just where we stand right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, you, the Celtics. Um, so Celtics, Bulls, and... Man, it is a drop-off after the Celtics and Bulls. Uh, I'll go Hornets. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Celtics, Bulls, Hornets. Um, probably in that order. I, I picked them as well. Um, and then in the West, we've got Warriors. Um, I don't, for some reason, they have not, they've been underwhelming in the regular season. Um, but... I still think they're one of the top three teams in the West, without a doubt. Well, so, yeah, he added Sammy White. Yeah. So, um, Warriors, he also added that point guard from the Jazz, too, just as a side no. note. Carbonara no. or whatever. Whoa, um, you can't just slam on your brakes like that. So, Warriors, I'm going to go... I have no clue what the Nuggets are. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to offer him out of does and bring him back. He's also coming off a broken leg, so who the heck knows what's going on there. Which is basically a minus PC. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to pick the Nuggets, I don't think. Um, I'll, go, I'll go Sonics. Um, so, because Zach always yells at me for not giving him the respect he deserves. So, Warriors, Sonics. <sighs> And be stop being humble and put yourself there. <laughs> Fine, but I honestly you know you I'm, want to put yourself one. Well, no, I can't do that when I am literally sitting there with like sixty million dollars or forty million dollars in cap space. So, but yes, sure, I'll I'll put myself in the top three. Um. So yes, Rockets, Warriors, Sonics. Gotcha. Not, not necessarily in that order. I think I pretty much agree with you, and I think, yeah, like you said, boy, is there a drop-off after the top two in the East. It's prime for one of those teams to come out of nowhere, have someone bonus in D.C., have a great relationship, something like that. Um, It very well could be Ken again if he decides to just, you know, keep rolling out what he's been doing. Yeah, so it'll be very interesting to see the East this year, and what and whether or not Gasper because it won't be me. I think I have too many question marks. If Gasper can win seventy, I think there's a very legitimate chance he does. He, yes, he haven't had a seventy win team in a while. Yeah, he's certainly the most primed to do it in a long time. I would agree. And it's, you know, Dick Tech's league at this point. Then he found that, I forget his name, but that, like, 30-point score, small forward he's got. Um, so, yeah, 
we'll see. Yeah. But hopefully right. I can get some uh, back-to-back action going. No, no team has ever um, gone tank to title in a single season before. Um, we've had a couple. Teams, you were close. We've had a couple teams flat with it. Yeah, I went from tank to number one seed, but then got Bobby Boucher. Um, and like other teams in the past, I know have gone tank to finals but lost, and so. We've had a lot of multiple close calls, but no team's ever done it. So I don't necessarily see that happening this year. Um, I, I guess maybe Adam and the Grizzlies could be a contender for that, depending on how free agency goes and, and things. But um, yeah, no, I, don't I, think, I think, like you mentioned before, I think highest chance of the tank to you know, elite contending is going to be the Mavericks. How crazy that sounds. I think as of right this moment, they are probably your top, like the the most likely to have the highest increase. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I think their team is, is like, especially if like Nathaniel Campbell comes in and is like, you know, ready to go right off the bat and be awesome type of thing. And I'm not entirely sold that Campbell was the best player in this draft, even at the draft. Um, Not saying he shouldn't have gone one, because I think he kind of has to. But, um, or, like, maybe it is Adam. Maybe he's the the King Jala type of effect, where he he comes in and he's almost like an MVP contender in his rookie year. Um, or could it be Jack? And Greg Thompson just no, it's not Jack. Catapults him. In. I think you can't say it's Jack just because he's not even going to win his own position. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't you necessarily... can go with Adam, and I will go with uh, with Nick, and also I'll choose the Mavericks. <laughs> deal. The South South Best is rising from the ashes. Oh, you guys. When's the last time you guys were relevant? I don't know. Stitches. Stitches and Torch and Ricky Bobby. Yep. All right. But yeah, um, I'm looking very, I'm looking forward to the free agency sim today. Um, usually free agent day one has been kind of meh, but I'm hoping that we have like a 12 signing type day and just like craziness ensues. That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. And that's that Marshall definitely, leaves Alex because I just love seeing ranting Alex. May, may Marshall be a rocket. Uh... I guess, I mean, it's not nice to wish death upon someone, but I guess. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right. Well, let's get this pod out so people can listen to it before the free agency sim so we don't sound like idiots. Yep. Let's put the peens back inside of the pod instead of out in the open. Instead of whipping them out.
All right. I love you. I love all you guys listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully it wasn't too boring. Um, we It's been a lack of pod content, so hopefully you just enjoy it for what it is.